0: Everyone ready for some word today? All right. Well, find in your Bible Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, let's pray for a moment. Father, we're so thankful for your presence now, thankful for your Spirit who is our teacher and our guide. Help us to understand, to know, and to walk in your plan. Lord, we just acknowledge you in all of our ways today, and we thank you for ministering by your Spirit. Through us into to each and every individual that we may all be built up and equipped and prepared, thoroughly furnished unto every good work and meet for the Master's use. Lord, may each one now receive that which is right and necessary for today, for now, for this time in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. There's a good presence of the Lord in the house today. Ephesians chapter 4, let's begin reading over here in, in verse number 13. Of course, the, the Lord said He gave us the fivefold ministry. And in verse 13 of Ephesians 4, He said, Till or until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ and so he was talking to the church at Ephesus and telling them they needed to grow up and how many think that word would be valid for us today that we also need to do some growing Need to do some increasing. And so I've been talking to you the last couple of weeks about spiritual growth. Alright? Different than physical growth. But it has some comparisons and some similarities. And it's the development of our soul in spiritual things. Just because a person is born again, just because they're saved, doesn't mean that, that uh, there isn't any pro- progression that needs to be made. I mean, spiritual things are once and for all, and they're settled and done. But I tell you what, our knowledge of them and our ability to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit and walk with God and use His resources, must grow. We must increase in these areas, or we'll live a defeated life. We'll live a life that is um, basically as if uh, the victory is not ours, as if... uh, Sin is not defeated. We'll still be subject to some of the junk of this world. And so we need to grow so we can learn how to handle life and handle these things. If everything in your life is, is, is a crisis and there's constant drama, recognize that there's a need for growth here. There's a need for some spiritual development that will help you to uh, overcome those situations. Sometimes individuals just really need to, I'm talking spiritually now, need to learn to pull their thumb out of their mouth put their big boy pants on, and deal with things in a spiritual way. And not just be fleshly led and emotionally dominated, but spiritually led. Amen. Everybody with me today? If that was too harsh for you, you might want to sneak out now. Because we're just getting going. We're doing some growing. And how many know sometimes in the, in the discussion of growth, there's, there's a little bit of pain. Sometimes it stings a little bit. But I, I'm doing it in the nicest way I know how. So everything I say that's harsh, it's it's, it's done it's said in a nice way. Uh, praise the Lord. I heard a counseling formula one time, thought this was good. Uh, might save you an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever going through something, struggling with something in your life, here you go. Number one, admit it. Number two... Quit it. Number three, forget it. Got it? <laughs> it's all settled now, isn't it? isn't it? We could go home and that would be good enough. Say, so it's been good to be in church. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 20, Paul writes here, he said, Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In understanding, be mature. We've got to grow and be mature in our understanding of, of what? Well, of specific things. Remember in the Garden of Eden, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How many know the Lord wasn't interested in people knowing about evil? That's why He said, don't, don't, don't go there. You don't need to understand evil. You need to understand good things. And we should be mature in regards to the Lord. Our knowledge of Him, His plan, His purpose, His, His kingdom, His, His desire to walk and have a relationship with us. I, I've, I've noticed that there are many, many similarities and comparisons that we can make in a child's physical uh, and emotional development. And a believer when they come to Christ and they get saved and their development in spiritual things. And so today I want to paint this, this, this parallel here and show some similarities so we can see by natural example some spiritual truth. When a, when a, a baby is, is born, a physical baby, there are some things that that, that child must learn in order to move on through life and grow. The very first thing. I want to give you several of them today. Number one, first of all. That child must learn to eat. That child must learn to eat. I mean very first thing. Out of the womb. You know. Learning to latch. Right? <laughs> learning to. How, learning how to get mama's milk. And. And. Uh, uh, how many think there's a parallel there to spiritual nutrition? If that baby doesn't learn how to eat. Um. Well, got to be able to swallow, get the nutrients, the necessary things to begin to grow and be strong. Well, the baby's not going to survive. Spiritually speaking, in many places, the Bible compares uh, natural food, what it does for the body, to spiritual food, if you will, or faith food, and what it does for our walk with God. Jesus um, made a statement, He was quoting Scripture, but in Matthew 4, 4, He said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, in other words, living, then, is not just conditioned upon your physical diet. It is conditioned upon your spiritual diet. It is, I not only need a good burrito, uh, and thank God for burritos, (laughs) <laughs> and big donkeys, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank God for those. But, but, but how many know my life and the quality of my life and my, be, be, my ability to live long and live strong is conditioned upon my receiving words from God? If all I do is feed my body physically, that's only going to do certain things for me. I live, you live by every word that comes from God. So if you don't know what God has said, if you're not hearing words from God, your spiritual life will suffer. It was just set up this way. God designed that we would be in communication with Him. And that we would hear His thoughts. That we would think like Him. It is the words of God that are very, very essential for our spiritual life. Now, how many know not everything that's said in the name of God is actually God? Not not everything with a steeple is actually a church. Huh? Not every place that says we're doing this for the Lord is actually speaking the words of God. So we've got to watch and make sure we're hearing what is true and genuine and authentic. What is really spiritual food. Because if we're not, we'll suffer. Huh? Some of you probably have, and as I'm talking, you will have recognized that you were spiritually starving for a long time. Because I experienced some of this in my own life. Being a part, being a part of church church. Uh, Different churches growing up that really didn't give you anything of substance. And they were, I mean, genuine and and really had a love for God, but didn't know how to cook. You know what I'm talking about? And as a baby believer, as a young person in the Lord, I mean, oh, when you're first getting started, you need someone else to to cook for you. I mean, just like a a brand new infant. They need uh, mom to put milk in their mouth. And as they grow, then they need the little baby food. And they need someone else to help them to to, uh, to, to receive. And even as a young child, how many know if a child is left alone, they're going to eat candy? I mean, nothing wrong with a little bit of candy, but how many know a lot of candy can give you some trouble? And, uh, and they're not going to have the, the nutrients and things that they need without assistance, without someone else saying, eat this, not that. Right? Without someone else telling them, this is what you need to live, and then if you got room, you can have, you know, the the, the candy and the, the dessert and that, that, that type of thing. Uh, spiritually speaking, it's the same way. Again, I, I was around church for a long time, and I was just very much spiritually ignorant of so many things. And I would hear a salvation message a lot. But the thing is, how many know once you're saved... You don't really need to hear that message anymore, do you? I'm already saved. I'm already in the kingdom of God. I don't need to hear about being saved anymore. I mean, at the end of the service when we do that, the vast majority of you, you're putting up with it because of someone else, right? Because <laughs> you don't really need that other than equipment for, you know, sharing yourself. But you, you, you already have that. And there came a time in my life when I was exposed to, uh, to some teaching. I was exposed to some things. Where it was actually uh, the meat of God's word, and I'd been saved a long time, but it kind of it was like, wow, I was shocked and I was ticked off at the same time. You know, it was like, this stuff has been here all this time. These things have always been here in the Word, and I'm just getting it now. And I started devouring. Well, and that was those those days. It was cassette tapes. I started devouring teaching because someone knew something that I had never known. And I was, I was reading the Bible and different things, but someone knew had revelation. They prepared a meal for me, and I thought, this is good stuff. And I kept going back to that restaurant again and again and getting fed. And my spiritual trajectory went straight up. I mean, I, just, I was growing. I was developing because I was finally getting some nutrients that were necessary. It's very important that we learn how to eat. And we learn what to eat and what not to eat. How to uh, eat the hay and spit out the sticks and how to recognize. You see, one thing that mature people can do is they recognize truth from error. They're able to discern right from wrong. They're able to, to recognize good food from that other food. You know, good food from some other stuff. But like I said, a child will just, you know, be left alone, won't necessarily eat the right thing. Nowadays everyone gets on the internet and sometimes new believers get on there and they'll Google things and Google God and how many know some stuff can come up and some of it's good and some of it's bad. But without the help of some more mature believers, they could actually swallow a lot of things that will harm them. It doesn't feed their faith, it feeds their doubt, feeds their unbelief and see we need some faith food don't we we need to hear the words of god yeah like i said to you before our church needs more mature believers genuinely mature because of so many people coming to know the lord we're having we're having babies every single week just in our services and what happens if you get a whole lot of babies those who help in the nursery And not many adults. Ah! (laughs) You've got to have proper ratios. Or you have a big church full of nursery, nursery babies and no one to feed them and take care of them and change them and help them. And so we need more people to step up. We do. To grow up. To mature and develop. The good word of God will do this for for us. Grown-ups recognize where the good food is and they get it. They find a church where there is substance. You, You realize this. Unfortunately, so many believers today, they're genuinely saved, have a relationship with God, but remain perpetually at an immature babyhood state of Christianity. For year after year after year. One of the reasons is they don't have the right food. They don't have the right food. They're just getting fluff and all milk. Eventually, you have to have something to chew on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah, he said in, in 15 and 16, he said, your words were found and I ate them. He said he ate God's words. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. i tell you what, God's word will put, a, put some joy in you. It'll cause you to rejoice, but we must devour it. we must eat it uh, sometimes when a you know when a child gets weaned, you know that can be painful in the sense that they don't want to stop. but I like it this way I want I want the bottle or the boob you know I, I can say boob in church right? breast. See, that doesn't sound right either. (laughs) Anyway, the baby wants that. And it can be, nope, nope, now we eat this way. Now we do this. And there can be a little bit of uncomfortableness there uh, regarding that child. The same thing is true when we we talk about spiritual things. People don't always want to grow. People don't always want to grow up. They don't always... They like it the way it is. I'll just stay in this condition. I'll stay in this state. Just keep doing it for me. Keep bringing it to me. Keep putting it in. Well, no. There needs to be some some change here for the next stage of development to happen in your own life. You'll never know God like you can and like you ought to if you stay in that condition. There's so much more to learn and understand. And so this is where we recognize that a child needs to learn to eat. Number two. Everybody ready? Number two. A child uh, at some point in the, you know, right away, they need to learn how to speak. They need to learn how to speak. Someone said, well, what does that have to do with us? I mean, as, as, as believers, we, uh, do we need to learn how to speak? <laughs> Absolutely we do. See, once you get saved, you have to often retrain your, 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 your talking, retrain your tongue. Because the way that you spoke before you got saved or before you had, a, had an in-depth knowledge of God's ways is probably quite different from the way you speak as a mature person. There came a point in my life where I recognized I need to learn how to talk. And I'm not just talking about, although you might throw this into the mix, I'm not just talking about cussing or, or you know, you could probably stop that. Um, or, you know, or learning Christianese. I need to learn the lingo of Christian. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about uh, speaking in a way where we, um, we imitate our Father. We recognize that the worlds were created as God spoke, that Jesus would speak to sickness and disease. He would speak to storms. He would speak to demons. He would speak to trees. (laughs) He would speak and things would happen. And when we get saved, we have to recognize that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And if we don't watch out, we'll use that power to slice up others, to slice up ourselves, our own future. We've got to retrain the tongue. To align it with God's word and his ways. I I know there came a point. I was a Christian and I prayed and talked to the Lord and read the word every day. But if I was doing something and got hurt, uh, got injured in some way, um, things would come out of my mouth that later I learned were unacceptable. In other words, I would immediately attach my mouth to the pain, to the problem, and start agreeing with it usually even exaggerating it this is killing me <laughs> you know and i would say things and i would just talk about the condition and then i saw well wait a minute that's not how we that's not how we act that's not how, not how we do these things and i learned from jesus see he said if you'll say to the mountain be removed and cast into the sea and You'll not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatever you say. Mark 11, He said, you'll have whatever you say. I thought, well, Jesus said I'll have whatever I say. I better start saying the right things. And so something would happen and circumstances would be against me. And so I would start speaking opposite of those. Speaking God's word. Saying what he said about it. Amen. In the midst of an evil report, you say, I'll live and not die. In the midst of a pain, you say, but by his stripes I'm healed. And I started retraining my tongue. And you get to a point where you hear the negativity, you hear the complaining, you hear the, the all the unbelief that comes out of Christians' mouths, and you think, man, I'd rather, I'd rather cuss than, than, than say that stuff. Do so, you really mean that we should cuss? No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying uh, we've got to retrain our tongue. Here, here's another side of this. You know, one of the things that uh, that children need to learn is the value of silence. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> parents, you, you recognize sometimes you just want them to. <laughs> See, I can't say that from up here. But. <laughs> but children do. They need to learn that there's a time to speak and there's a time not to. There's a time to, to value silence. And what happens in, in immaturity, even on a spiritual level, is people don't, never, don't ever know when to not talk. And they run their mouth too much and too long, and end up saying all kinds of things that they regret, and things that they shouldn't say. I'm talking things of, uh, that could be called gossip. An immature person, they love to hear it, and they love to say it. They love to get into other people's business, and talk about things that they shouldn't talk about, but that's an immature person. Those who talk to the Lord about a lot, those who pray a lot, probably will be more silent more often in their life. People will bring things up to them, and they'll say, what do you think about what so-and-so said, what they did? And you'll say, I don't think anything about that. Well, certainly you have an opinion, don't you? I mean, certainly you have an opinion. What? what tell me, what do you think? I don't think anything. What do you mean you don't think anything? I mean, I choose to not think anything. I choose to not involve myself. Why would I get in the middle of that? Huh? But the immature person is in everybody's business. They know everything about everybody, and they talk about everything and everyone's problems. And I tell you, in that situation, um, it can do a lot of a lot of damage. First Thessalonians four eleven says that we should aspire to lead a quiet life and to mind our own business. To mind our own business, to work with our own hands. There's a scriptural principle that it's just real simple: stay out of other people's business. Everyone's not real excited about this today, but you will be when it's someone else getting in your business, huh? <laughs> I'm telling you, a mature person, you know, a, a child, they'll talk incessantly sometimes about nothing. I mean, that's just where they're at. You know, someday they get on that stage where they have a question about everything Why this, and why this, and why this, and why this, and why this, and, and just shh, go to bed. <laughs> But there's a time in our spiritual development, too. It's just... And sometimes, you know what the best answer is? Shh. Some of you have a lot of questions, a million questions right now. You know, some one of the best answers to that is just be still. Be still. Things will come to you in time. If you walk with the Lord, you, you know, you have questions about life and the Bible and the future and, and all these things. Great. We all have questions to some degree. But you know what? what we need to do is be... Still, and let the Lord reveal. Let the Lord reveal. Not all questions will be answered at once. Not all understanding will come in an instant. But it will come progressively as we learn to keep our mouths closed. Let me give you another verse. Ready? Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Those who talk a lot, Sin a lot. Let's move on to number three. So children need to learn how to talk. Number three, they need to learn how to stand. Children need to learn how to stand. Of course, in in, in the physical life, of course, you know, they start pulling themselves up on the couch or the coffee table there. And they grab their parents' fingers. And, you know, they, lear- they learn how to be pulled up. And thank God they got that cushion on the back. Because boom. You know, oftentimes fall right back down. But what are they learning? They're learning how to stand. Spiritually speaking, we need to learn how to stand. We need to learn how to stand up for what's right. We need to learn how to stand in the midst of temptation, trial, and test. We need to learn how to stand when, when, when opposition is coming against us, when this world is, is, is very turbulent and very difficult to deal with. We stand in the middle of it and say, I will not be moved. I will not be moved away from God's promise, from God's word. I, I have taken my stand and nothing and no one can move me away from it. Amen. There is a stand that is necessary in, uh, in, in, our, in our spiritual lives. We need to do a whole lot of standing on our own. But that's not to say that we're not always to be available to one another. If you're falling and I'm near you, I'm going to help you come back up. I'm going to help you stand. I'm going to help you if you've been knocked down and run over by life. Come on, let's get, let's, let's, let's get standing up. But how many know eventually we've got to learn to stand for ourselves? So our job is not only to stand personally, but then so we become those who help someone else stand. We put out our finger for those who are new in the things of God. For those who are new in their understanding and development in, in, in the Lord. We put our, our finger and someone else grabs and they stand and we're helping them. But how do we know if we've been saved for 30 years and we're st- still struggling to stand, we've missed some opportunities to grow. We've missed some chances along the way where we could have developed and grown to a place where we're standing all by ourselves. And I'm going to get into some of that later on in this series uh, as far as those opportunities and what, how we need to respond because if you respond the same way every 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 time and it doesn't work, that's the reason you're still in second grade. It is. There has to be a change of response. I must deal with situations like this in a different way. And if I do, I'll develop and I'll grow. And I'll no longer have that situation happen again to me in my life. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But we need to learn to stand. Remember, children are tossed to and fro. Ephesians 4. Tossed to and fro. But the mature, they stand strong. You know, when I was a kid, I had a toy. It was called... Uh, these toys, it was called Weebles Wobbles. Anybody ever heard of Weebles Wobbles? What happens to Weebles Wobbles? They wobble, but they they don't fall down. They don't fall down. Thank God they don't fall down. <laughs> All right, I'm not really thanking God for that. Uh, if you don't know, Weebles Wobbles was like this little toy. It looked like an egg, and it was weighted, of course, in the bottom, and it had a, you know character. A, you know, stickers or painting or something on it, and it was, do they still make those? They do? We should get some of those. A little visual illustration. Uh, Everyone knew so much about it, I thought, how can that be? Um, I spent many hours with Weebles Wobbles. But they're weighted in the bottom, so you knock them down, and of course they just bounce right back up. And no matter what, what would happen, they're always coming right back up. How many think that ought to be characteristic of the Christian life? Yeah. There may be things that come against us and that sway us and winds blow and, and things happen and people bump up against us and we may, we may look like we're, we're going down, but we're not because we're coming right back up. If you feel like you're down right now, come on. It's the weight of God's Word as an anchor to your soul. It will His promises and your hope in Him will be a weight in you that will cause you to always come back up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're down, you're coming back. Come on now. With the right diet, with the right words, you're coming back. And you're going to bounce right back up. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. We are to learn how to stand. Standing is remaining in a steadfast position. Not giving in to the temptation to move. Don't cave to the pressures of this world to compromise your position of faith. I'm thinking about those, those, uh, uh, those guys that are the guard in the, at the palace in England. You know, they got the uniform on and stuff, and they just, you know, they just stand there. You know, I've heard of individuals going up and, you know, and trying to make a move. And I guess they go to action if something goes wrong, but most of the, their job is just what? standing there's some truth to that with the spiritual life what are we doing standing so what are you doing with your life standing what do you mean i'm standing on god's word he promised me he said this and so i'm not going to be moved well it doesn't look like you're doing anything Huh? <laughs> i sure am i'm standing i'm living like god's word is true i'm living like his presence is a reality and i'm not moving from that standing position Praise God. All right, number four. Number four, child needs to learn to stand, but then they need to learn to walk. Good, good. You're right on board with me. They need to learn how to walk. There's a lot the Scripture says about our walk with God. I don't just need to receive it. I need to walk it out. The primary thing here, I want to be brief on this, but the Bible says in in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by faith. Sight. The walk of a Christian is a faith walk, meaning we're not led by what we see, by what we feel. We're led by God's Word and God's presence because that is more real. I'm talking about not being led by the physical body, the five, full, the five senses, not being led by circumstances. It is a faith walk. We live, we make decisions, we pray, we, we live our lives based on God's invisible but eternal and powerful word. It is a faith walk. We've got to learn how to walk. Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. If we're not living by faith, then we're not living as a just person. In other words, a justified person, those who have been changed by the living God. And so if we're not living by faith, then, then we've not yet learned how to walk. We're still being, still being moved by what we see and feel. If you're the kind of person that you're spiritually, you have to always be prodded on someone has to make you go to church, someone has to remind you, and it's, it's a constant external influence that's necessary to keep you going, then you haven't learned yet to walk by faith. Learn to walk and live out of the inside by the faith of God inside of you. So, love God, praise God, saved in the family. You're still crawling though. And it's time to get up. Pull yourself up let's start to walk all right number five number five children learn need to learn to walk and you may think of other things in the midst of this that children need to learn and maybe you can draw a spiritual comparison there but children need to learn to honor and obey they need to learn to honor and obey how many parents want your kids to honor and obey yeah you know those verses don't you? And your kids know them because they're written on their wall. <laughs> obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Well, and that's true. If kids don't learn how to obey their parents, they will not have a long life, right? They're gonna they're gonna do things that their parents could have taught them to avoid. And spiritually speaking, it's also the case. The immature are often very disrespectful, and they're not honorable until they're taught. They're taught the ways of God, the kingdom of God. Now, this is especially true in a culture that is becoming more and more disrespectful. Disrespectful to authority. Disrespectful to, uh, you know, to law, to teachers, to employers, to, um, you know, to parents, to pastors and ministers and leaders of different kinds. Our culture seems to be uh, more and more disrespectful. And so that makes it more difficult for us to rise up to a place of maturity in God because God is all about honor. He really is. He, he is all about honor and our society has sunk to a very low level re- regarding these things and so we've got that challenge before us. I, I know years ago, I was at the post office and at the post office, standing there in in the line, this lady comes up to me, and she is absolutely overwhelmed and thrilled to meet me. And uh, I was taken back a little bit, by, but she was over the top because she'd been watching our television program, and she'd been learning and, and growing, and, and, and hadn't been to church, but you know, been watching on TV. And there I was, live in the flesh in the post office. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, to her because to me this is no big deal like really uh to her this was a really big deal and she was over the top you know happy and thrilled to meet me and so you know i was whatever talking to her you know i mean i'm whatever thankful for her kindness and respect and and stuff i'm talking to her and she's got a an accent so i start talking to her, asking her where she's from and if i remember right it was like greece or something was her heritage and uh and so, when I heard that, I was, I was with someone, and I was with a friend, and he's one of our missionaries, Jeff Schroeder. And uh, I, when I got to talking with her, I said, oh, and by the way, this is Jeff. He's pa- Pastor Jeff. And uh, he lives in Rome. <gasps> <You> know, <laughs> She was really excited now. He lives in Rome. She must have had some kind of Catholic influence because she was really thrilled that someone was right there from Rome and she wanted him to say hi to the Pope when when he got back (laughs) for her. Say hi to the Pope for me when you get back. And uh, I don't think that happened, but (laughs) Uh, she was thrilled with that. And so Jeff and I began to talk afterwards about the culture over there. And the attitude and the mindset of the people, because the vast majority of them are almost like born into Catholicism, whether they are or not in practice, that's kind of their culture. And, and he said it actually serves very well when people get saved and come into his church. He said they're so easy oftentimes to minister to because they have this great respect they look up to those who are in in ministry and God's representatives and because of that, it's easy to minister to them. They receive and they accept and they're changed and they're healed and they grow and all this kind of stuff because they have this culture of honor towards those in authority. And see, when we don't get that, we don't recognize that, sometimes we end up missing out on something that God wants to do through another individual because we despise the vessel. But children need to learn... To honor and obey. And I tell you, spiritually speaking, we need to learn a culture of honor. We need to have a a respect for people in authority in all areas of life. And this is a godly characteristic. Growth is going to happen. And it is a sign of growth when people are that way. Let me give you number six. Number six, children then need to learn to do things for themselves. They learn to do things for themselves. There's a time when they have to be fed they have to be clothed, they have to be bathed, they have to have their teeth brushed and their hair combed. And as they grow up, how many know more and more of those things they begin to do on their own? They begin to clean up their own mess, clean up your own room, clean up your own dishes. You know what I'm talking about? And, and as parents give responsibility to their kids, they need to learn to handle life on their own so eventually they can do it without any assistance whatsoever. Um, this is also true when it comes to uh, our spiritual lives. But, uh, you know, let me get in some business here a little bit. Many people have been believers. They've been saved for a while. I mean, they're not just born again a week ago or a few months ago. been born again for a while. And they still, still are dependent on everyone else doing something for them. Many people, and I'm not talking about... Uh, Baby believers, because they need to be helped along. They need to be encouraged along. And those of us who are mature need to do that. We're always going to. But, you know, people will co- sometimes come to a church. And their mindset is, well, you know, no one talked to me. And no one helped me. And no one reached out to me. And I was I was going through this hard time in my life. And, and, and no one called me. And no one came over to see me. And, 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 and how many know... Um, we want to help as many people as we possibly can. But how many know that's an immature mindset right there? That's a baby talking. Because when someone develops, you know what they do? They learn that they should pick up the phone. They learn that, they, that he, who is, he who has friends must show himself friendly. I must take an initi- initiative. I must reach out. If I have need, I need to tell someone, hey, I need to talk. Instead of sitting back, saying, well, no one cares about me, and no one loves me, and no one, well, and that church over there, and this person, and you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Everybody okay? Huh? But too many people live that way and say, well, I just don't really have any friends at church, and so I'm going to go somewhere else. So, well, so people can ignore you somewhere else? We'd be happy to ignore you here. Thing is, people oftentimes judge someone's motive. When listen, if you if someone's really mature like they think they are, then you be the initiator. You invite someone out to lunch. You be praying for someone else. You reach out if someone else is struggling or going through a difficult time. We need some people to step up and be mature in these regards, and, and not just be focused on and conscious of ourselves. Thinking, why don't some why doesn't someone do this for me? Why why don't why don't they take care of me? Well, it's because you've been safe for more than a year. And I guess there was a little bit of an expectation that you just might grow. That you just might be able to comb your own hair and brush your own teeth. Does this sound harsh? I mean it I mean it in the sweetest way. Big fat baby. You know, I mean, seriously, we have, even this year, hundreds of people in this year have have been saved just in our services. Isn't that great? But here's the thing. How many of those have you talked to? How many of those go to your R12 group? How many of you helped along? Well, I'm just struggling myself, trying to keep myself in church. Trying to keep my own prayer life going. Just trying to keep my own family together. Yeah, but you've been saved for like a year now. Maybe you ought to forget about you and just start reaching out and helping someone else and acting like an adult until it happens. Until acting as a mature person. Huh? I mean, Jesus told us to go into all the world and make disciples. We either are one or we should be making one. Which side are you on? So I'm still being discipled. But you've been safe for how long? How long does that take? <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope you can receive this well. Uh, I said this in the first service. This is my problem. Is That's my last point. <laughs> and I hate to end right there. So uh, I'm going to add one more. One more. Number seven... Jesus loves you. (laughs) All your sins are forgiven. You have eternity with God. And He is your victory now. Stand up on your feet with me. Praise God. Amen, amen. The Lord's helping us. He's helping us to grow and increase and, and grow in our understanding of Him. Let's take a few moments right now. This is a real important time of our service personal connection with God. Let's worship Him and enjoy His presence. I'll be back.